Welcome to the Building a Financial Fortress podcast, helping you increase your financial knowledge. This is episode 16, recorded on May 7th, 2022. This podcast is for entertainment only and is not investing advice. Please do your own homework. So we'll get started with the market update as usual. Uh, Then we'll get into some Bitcoin news. And I thought this week I would talk about estate planning um, uh, for Bitcoin. Um, And again, this is something I've gone through recently. So um, others may have different experiences, but um, it's kind of a new area since digital assets are kind of a new thing. So moving into the market update, this is the weekly Seeking Alpha update. The stock market finished the first week of May with modest losses that masked the turbulent performance that saw the Dow Jones average post both its best and worst days since 2020. The three major indexes started the week with three straight positive sessions, then plunged in a sharp sell-off after investors decided the Federal Reserve's implied policy tightening cycle ahead was still very hawkish even as Chairman Jerome Powell took 75 basis point rate hikes off the table. Investors remain nervous about the Fed's ability to tighten financial conditions to combat inflation at 40-year highs without knocking the economy into a recession. The Dow Jones average lost only 0.2% for the week, but it was still the sixth straight declining week for the index, while the S&P 500 also fell 0.2%, and the tech-heavy NASDAQ composite slumped 1.5%, closing nearly 25% below its record high from last November. So definitely an interesting week in the markets, and uh, we'll see where things go next week. But uh, definitely a wild time, and um, I don't really have any changes to how I've uh, done my allocation and uh, I think next week will be the portfolio allocation update. So we'll uh, check in there, but I haven't really made any big moves or anything like that. So moving on to Bitcoin news. Uh, this article here is from Fortune. Uh, this was uh, Uh, let's see, it was written a while ago, but it just popped up here recently, probably because it was updated. Um, but uh, Argentina's IMF bailout deal includes a wild clause that rips cryptocurrencies. Argentinian senators just approved a $45 billion bailout deal with the International Monetary Fund on Thursday that will help the country avoid an imminent default on its debts. But that's not the unusual part of the agreement. The deal, which was approved in a 56 to 13 vote, includes a wild provision that will force the government of President Alberto Fernandez to take a tough anti-cryptocurrency stance. The clause was included in a letter of intent signed by Economy Minister Martin Guzman and Central Bank President Miguel Pesque on March 3rd. It detailed Argentina's efforts to discourage the use of cryptocurrencies with a view to preventing money laundering, informality, and disintermediation in order to further safeguard financial stability. 
Interesting. This article is uh, written in uh, March. That's so uh, actually a couple, almost a month and a half old. Um, the deal still needs to be approved by the IMF's executive board, but if it goes through, Argentina will have secured a payment postponing grace period through 2026 and will immediately receive roughly $9.8 billion in the country's 22nd agreement with the fund. Uh, that's good news because Argentina was staring down a $2.8 billion payment due to the IMF and a total of $39 billion in debt payments through 2023. Um, let's see. And then... Uh, Argentina's rising inflation rate hasn't only caused the country to seek financing from the IMF, it's also led to a surge in users for crypto firms in the nation as consumers look to protect their paychecks. Two of the top crypto exchanges in the country, Lemon Cash and Ripio, boast millions of active users and have recently expanded their offerings of crypto credit cards that offer cash back in Bitcoin. So in a country like Argentina, where you have um, very high rate of inflation, I think uh, it says here, Argentina saw its annual inflation rate rise to a whopping 52.3% in February. Uh, and they're forecasting it'll be more than 60% in 2022 as global commodity inflation hits home. So when, when you have that high rate of inflation, uh, the money to people tend to want to put their money into things that are going to, um, uh, defend it again, defend themselves against inflation. And so gold or silver or cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin in particular, um, are usually where people want to put the, put their money, um, uh, to, you know, to, to get away from, uh, the local currency or, and, or foreign currency like dollars, uh, probably mostly, uh, and other, uh, you know, strong uh, foreign currencies. And so <clears throat> um, it's just kind of sad that the IMF who's supposed to be helping this country uh, with this bailout comes in and uh, basically uh, wants them to put all these controls uh, on, on uh, cryptocurrencies and essentially um, uh, not allow people to to uh, to use them freely. Um, it, let's see. It says this. It was detailed in a letter of intent. Uh, it detailed Argentina's efforts to discourage the use of cryptocurrencies with a view to preventing money laundering, informality, and disintermediation, in order to further safeguard financial stability. So there's this big concern that that somehow you know cryptocurrencies are, are are going to destabilize the system but uh the reality is the system is already destabilized so uh, anyway uh it's just uh, interesting because i know that the imf has has been critical of uh, el salvador uh, making bitcoin legal tender and that potentially jeopardizes el salvador's ability to get support from the IMF. And I think they also, I think last week also came out with a, uh, a statement uh, critical of central, um, the Central African Republic for also uh, recently 
declaring Bitcoin as legal tender. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, but clearly the International Monetary Fund is not a fan of, uh, of cryptocurrencies and um, they uh, will look to be uh, um, putting up barriers, it seems like, for, for a lot of these countries that, uh, that actually need it need it probably more than they need more loans and more debt um which they seem to need more and more of the next article is uh fidelity to offer bitcoin for to your 401k so it says bitcoin is coming to your 401k fidelity investments made history this week when it announced that it would give participants in employer-sponsored 401k plans options to invest in bitcoin Fidelity is the largest retirement plan provider in the U.S., and it becomes the first to add Bitcoin as a 401k plan investment option. Roughly 23,000 companies use Fidelity to administer their retirement plans, and Fidelity currently has more than $11 trillion in assets under administration. Cryptocurrency enthusiasts celebrated the move, which will be implemented in mid-2022. Some regulators and wealth management professionals, however, express skepticism that cryptocurrencies should play any role at all in retirement investing. Um, that's a that's an interesting one. Um, <clears throat> Fidelity will allow retirement investors to allocate to up to a maximum of 20% of their nest eggs to Bitcoin. The company also said that individual fiduciaries may establish their own employee contribution limits and allocation maximums. Before you get too excited, understand that Bitcoin won't be showing up on your 401k plan's investment menu immediately. Fidelity is still building its digital asset platform, which should become available in plans later this year. Beyond that, employers will have to approve crypto investments inside the plans they provide to their workforce. And because of their fiduciary duty, placing the needs of plan participants above all else, companies may be reluctant to provide immediate access. Many will likely take a wait-and-see attitude before making a move to offer crypto as part of their retirement plans. There's no question that interest in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies has exploded in recent years. A 2021 Fidelity Digital Asset study found that 30% of U.S. institutional investors said they wanted an investment product containing digital assets. The company also estimates that roughly 80 million American investors have already invested in digital currencies. Demand is very high for crypto exposure in retirement accounts since people are typically able to better withstand volatility in accounts they deem to be tax-advantaged long-term investments, said Mike Burrows, CFA Head Portfolio Manager for the Fortis Digital Asset Fund. However, Bitcoin's track record of extreme volatility and its lack of regulatory oversight has some experts urging employers and investors to proceed with caution. In March, the Labor Department advised 401k fiduciaries to exercise extreme care before they consider adding a cryptocurrency option to a 401k plan's investment menu. The Employee Retirement Income Security Act of 1974, or ERISA, requires retirement plan fiduciaries, including trustees, administrators, and investment committees, to diversify the plan's investments in order to minimize the risk of large losses. The Labor Department isn't the only U.S. regulator to issue warnings for investors about cryptocurrencies. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission has also cited concerns over fraud 
manipulation and investor safety in rejecting several applications to approve Bitcoin spot exchange traded funds. So we already know about the SEC's position, the Department of Labor, uh, their concern uh, seems um, to be, um, um, well, I guess I just don't understand it because diversification, I mean, you know, allocating a portion of your portfolio to Bitcoin is diversification. I mean, it's not any different than having 20% of your portfolio in, let's say, you know, Tesla or, uh, um, or the SPY ETF or, or the uh, QQQ ETF. Um, in fact, like I've talked about before, I think a lot of um, stocks have been even more volatile than Bitcoin has recently. Bonds have had, actually had the worst start to a year ever. Um, and so if you were invested in a bond fund, you probably took like a 10% loss uh, in, in uh in the first quarter, which I guess isn't as bad as taking a 20 or 30% loss on, on a stock fund, but still, um, I just, uh, I don't, I don't think I agree with this position that they're taking here that they think it, it actually increases your risk. If anything, it reduces your risk. Um, the United States Department of Labor, which regulates company-sponsored retirement plans, said the fidelities could threaten the retirement security of Americans. We have grave concerns with what Fidelity has done. Ali Kawar, acting assistant secretary of the Employee Benefit Security Administration, told the Wall Street Journal, the regulators discussing its concerns with Fidelity, especially the 20% threshold. Charles Field, managing partner of the San Diego office of Sanford Heisler Sharp, and chair of the firm's financial services group says the SEC and Labor Department warnings could provide support to any claimants in potential future litigation against companies and their fiduciaries. Bitcoin is still experiencing growing pains, and with the next market upheaval will come claims that fiduciaries who approve Bitcoin breach their fiduciary duty of prudence, Field says. At this stage, there may not be enough disclosure out there that would protect employers from such claims. Employers who offer Bitcoin in their 401k plans do so at their own peril. In addition to the potential legal risks to employers, it's unclear just how appropriate of a retirement investment Bitcoin is. Bitcoin has been a tremendous investing success story up to this point, but many retirement investors are hoping to build wealth over several decades. Then it goes on to say that Bitcoin has a short history and uncertain value. The first Bitcoin transaction in history was completed just 13 years ago, so it doesn't have the long-term track record of, of success that stocks and bonds do. Bitcoin is also prone to extreme periods of volatility that retirement investors may wish to avoid, such as its roughly 80% crash in late 2017 and 2018. Owen Murray, Director of Investments for Horizon Wealth Advisors, says it is still extremely difficult to determine the true values of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies from a fundamental perspective. Bitcoin does not represent ownership of physical assets or intellectual property. It does not generate cash flow. It does not pay interest rates or dividends, meaning its price is tied exclusively to investor sentiment and demand. 
I think it is reckless for firms like Fidelity to make crypto available to retirement plans, Murray says. It appears to be opportunism at its worst, and the consequences could be severe for those who jump in without really understanding the risks. Jamie Cox, managing partner at Harris Financial Group, says Bitcoin is a fiduciary lawsuit waiting to happen for retirement plan sponsors, and Fidelity's decision could put the firm under heavy regulatory scrutiny for the time being. Adding speculative asset classes to 401ks isn't in keeping with the intent of qualified retirement plans. Wow. So let's break this down. First of all, you don't have to invest in Bitcoin if you don't want to. All this is doing is giving you the option. And that's Fidelity's giving your employer the option. Your employer has to decide whether or not they want to allow it. And then they could also limit it too. And they could say, oh, no, you can only have 5% or 2% or 10%. I mean, I think uh, when Morgan Stanley first allowed their clients to invest in Bitcoin, they limited it to only the highest of the high net worth clients and they limited it to 2%. So whatever the limit is that, you know, whether it's the fidelity limit or, you know, the employer limit, it's still your choice. And most people that invest in Bitcoin actually understand it. This article seems to say that people will just throw their money into it without even understanding it. And I think that's false. And then in terms of the value proposition, the value proposition is Bitcoin is a store value. It is immutable. It's an immutable ledger. It's absolutely scarce. And in many, it's a commodity. And in many respects, I guess if you want to try to compare it to something, it's like gold. And in fact, my 401k plan doesn't allow me to allocate to precious metals or gold. So, you know, Bitcoin would, to me, would be just another of those types of options. Um, I don't think it would be reckless. I think, I think it's reckless for retirement plans not to offer Bitcoin as an alternative, because what, what are your alternatives now? Bonds, bonds are losing money hand over fist. And as interest rates rise, they're gonna get destroyed. They're getting destroyed. And if interest rates go back down again, well, maybe they'll rally for a little bit, but what are rates gonna be? 1%, 2%? Is inflation gonna be one or 2%? Probably not. Not in the long run, not not for the next 10 years. So it's, I think, reckless not to offer more options to 401k investors like alternative assets, like gold, like silver, like Bitcoin. And people are savvy. They will figure it out. They will understand it. And if they want to choose to invest in it, they should be allowed to. Um, I don't know about the fiduciary lawsuit thing. I think that uh, that just sounds like all of this really sounds like scaremongering, trying to get people, companies 
to be afraid to to allow their uh, employees to invest in um, alternative assets, which which to me, as part of a normal diversification strategy, you should be able to do. I mean, you shouldn't just be able to invest in. Uh, okay, here's three bond funds. Uh, oh, here's cash. Here's a bunch of stock funds. Oh, and here's real estate. That's okay. We have a real estate fund. That's it. That's that's typically what a lot of 401ks offer. Is just the, or oh, better yet, just invest in one of these life cycle funds. You know, so it'll just automatically rebalance closer you get to retirement age. That's not investing. That's not diversification. So um, I couldn't agree, disagree more with, with what this is saying. Uh, will other retirement plan providers follow suit? So on a positive note, the good news for Bitcoin investors and supporters is that Fidelity's willingness to embrace cryptocurrency and its retirement plan offerings helps to legitimize cryptocurrency as a long-term investment further and raise its profile as emerging asset class. Joe Sweeney, managing partner at Cornerstone Wealth, says um, Fidelity's stamp of approval holds a lot of value in the world of finance. The goal of a 401k is to enable participants to save for secure retirement. Sweeney says, that said, yes, the imprimatur of Fidelity will absolutely raise the standing of cryptocurrency among some significant number of Americans. Sweeney says Fidelity's decision will put pressure on other major retirement plan providers such as Vanguard, Charles Schwab, to offer Bitcoin options for retirement investors as well. However, Cox says other providers may not necessarily be too eager to follow Fidelity's lead. I think most will take the you first approach to see if Fidelity lands itself in the regulatory and litigation abyss before adding crypto to their plan options. Uh, moving on. Uh, last piece of Bitcoin news for the week. Uh, this was two days ago. This is from Bitcoin.com. Um, I'm sorry, the last article uh, was in Forbes. Uh, California Governor Newsom signs executive order on crypto blockchain and Web3. California's, the governor of the U.S. state of California, Gavin Newsom, signed an executive order Wednesday to create a transparent and consistent business environment for companies operating in blockchain, including crypto assets and related financial technologies, according to a notice published by the Office of the Governor. The notice states, quote, California becomes the first state in the nation to begin creating a comprehensive and harmonized framework for responsible Web3 technology to thrive. Under Governor Newsom's executive order, the state will also assess how to deploy blockchain technology for state and public institutions and build research and workforce development pathways to prepare Californians for success in this industry. The notice adds that the executive order aims to create a pipeline of talent for the emerging industry and utilize the technology for public good. Governor Newsom commented, California is a global hub of innovation and we're setting up the state for success with this emerging technology. He opined, too often government lags behind technological advancements, so we're getting ahead of the curve on this, laying the foundation to allow for consumers and business to thrive. California's executive order builds on President Joe Biden's executive order on the regulation of crypto assets, which he signed in March. So 
Uh, not sure how to feel about this, but you know, it certainly doesn't hurt that the uh, the governor is um, favorable to the cryptocurrency industry, which would include Bitcoin. Um, I think the um, you know that that certainly bodes well, uh, as opposed to you know uh, banning it or trying to overregulate it or something like that. So uh, I would probably say overall that's probably bullish for uh, for Bitcoin, um, uh, considering you know the size of the state of California and and uh, and, and the fact that also. Um, Silicon Valley has you know, been a big driver of innovation um, of the technology industry. So it seems like many states are competing now to, to attract uh, this Web3 or, you know, uh, cryptocurrency industry. So uh, not a bad thing at all. Okay. And... Now we'll get into a little bit into talking about Bitcoin estate planning. So now I am not an attorney and I don't pretend to be one. Um, all I can really work off of is my own experience and putting together my own estate plan. So I will say that first and foremost, make sure that you hire a really good estate attorney. Um, you will spend some money, but, um, the money is truly well spent to have a to have a plan um, to know what's going to happen. Um, you know uh, when you're no longer here, and uh, it's not a question of if, right? It's just a question of when. So hopefully you live a long life and and you can enjoy um, all the things that life has to offer. Um, but it does make sense and it's important to prepare um you know um your estate plan um for your loved ones for for the for your kids and grandkids and so on and so forth so um now it may differ you know individuals may differ different states may have different things but you know uh for mine in particular you know there was a revocable living trust and so what that is is essentially a it's um, a container that you basically deposit all your assets into and you can uh, pretty much do what you want while you're alive. And then when you pass away, um, the trust will uh, come to life and uh, will take care of how those assets are supposed to be distributed um, when you're no longer here. Um, part of that is a durable power of attorney, which is really gives someone else uh, other than you the ability to make decisions um, in your uh, in your absence. If you're, you know, um, unable to function, maybe you're alive, but you know you're, in con uh, you know, not not able to make your own decisions or whatever. So you'll have somebody that'll be able to do that for you. And then that advanced healthcare directive, which is really how you want your um, health care to be managed if you can't speak for yourself. Um, and then, of course, a will, you know, for the personal items and things and how you want those distributed. So the revocable living trust is um, needs to be funded, which means that, um, so in a simple case, let's say you have a stock brokerage account in your own name, what you would do is you would um, 
set up a new account in the name of the trust and and then you would the revocable trust and then you would move all the assets from the personal account into the trust account and then you would close out the uh, the old account and the same would go for like your home so you would um, basically record a deed transferring your title from you and or you and your wife into the name of the trust and you might have to get permission from your lender but usually it's not a big deal because it's it's um, still you and then uh, it, it kind of goes that way for all your other investment accounts and things like that so pretty straightforward for normal um, types of, of, of investment accounts and investments. Um, but digital assets are, are kind of unique. So when I asked my attorney, hey, what do I do? You know, I've got this Bitcoin, you know, and I want to make sure kids get it. He did a little research and he came up with um, basically just a simple letter, um, uh, a letter of instruction. So basically it's... Uh, it's addressed to the successor trustee of the trust. Um, you know, I basically filled it out and then I signed it and sent the original to my attorney and I kept a copy um, in my safe. And it basically covers whatever digital assets you have. You may have NFTs, you may have other cryptocurrencies, um, you may have Bitcoin. Um, so in that uh, letter, it basically, uh, first of all, explicitly, you know, says that the Bitcoin that 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 that's in the wallets, uh, the 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 cold storage wallets, uh, are included in the trust, um, and uh, to keep things simple, I just said just handle it the same as all the other assets in the trust. In other words, the the way the trust is written is that, um, you know, all the assets sort of get, you know, pooled and then they get divided equally amongst the kids. That's, that's essentially how, how it works. But, you know, you may have different things like you may say, well, I want to donate some money to this cause. And then, you know, after that distribute it to the kids or whatever. But, um, so, um, but just keeping it simple, it goes equally to the kids. And so, Basically, the, the trust, uh, you know, um, will take everything, including the digital assets, and handle everything the same way. Um, and then uh, the letter also references kind of, you know, where, uh, you know, where to find things. Um, I didn't really want to put the private keys in the letter. So what I did is I said, you know, that there's a lockbox. So, you know, there's a, there's a bank safe deposit box that has, you know, there's two actually, one has the, the um, key phrase and the passcode in it. And then a different box at a different bank has the hardware wallet. And so, um, you know, the letter will say, Hey, look, this is where the safe deposit box keys are. You go to the bank, you open those boxes. There's other stuff in there too, that'll need to get distributed to the kids. But, um, but that's where you'll find what you need. And then once you have the uh, harder wallet and, the, and the, the passphrase, then you should be able to access the wallet and then, um, you know, 
move the coins um, to to the uh, to the beneficiaries. Uh, so you know, I it's you know I didn't want to put too much in the letter, but I did want to put enough in the letter so that you know you knew where to go and what to do with it. Um, you can also put specific instructions in there to the trustee, like you know I don't want you to sell any of the Bitcoin unless you have to to pay state taxes. So sell other stuff first before you do that, and so on and so forth. So. Uh, so it seems to work pretty well. Um, it does, that letter would need to be updated, of course, if you added an additional account uh, or an additional hardware wallet. Um, but that's the general gist of of how I how I was advised to do it and what I ended up doing. I did learn about another way that you can um, you can uh, do. Um, estate planning with with uh with your coin with your bitcoin and that would be um setting up a non-custodial um multi-sig wallet um so you, you basically have three keys so you you control two keys uh which you know two hardware wallets and then the third one's controlled by the custodian or by the the company um and so they you, you can't access the, the the coins without two out of the three keys so the the company can't by themselves access your 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 bitcoin um, you could because you have two out of the three keys and so the idea would be maybe you give one key to the attorney um and then you keep one and then and then the uh, company has one and if you pass away the uh, key that the attorney has can can provide it to your you know trustee and then they can using the key that the company has access the coins and distribute them that way so um uh, there's companies like unchained capital i'm sure there's other ones out there that have um, multi-sig setups um so that i thought was kind of interesting and that, that one could be a little bit more i guess a little easier to administer, although I, I, I kind of like having total control of the keys, but, um, um, but multi-sig also is a little bit more secure because you, you have to have two keys in order to access the coins. You can't just access it with, with one key. So I guess if somebody were to steal your, you know, your, your passcode, uh, you know, they would be able to take all of your coins versus um, if they stole your passcode, they would still need the other key in order to access the uh, the multi-sig wallet. So it's just a little bit more complicated to set up and probably you need to be a little bit more of an advanced user for that, but um, certainly would make sense, you know, to consider that too as part of your digital asset uh, estate plan. So. Uh, anyway, but uh, that's that's what I wanted to share uh, for this week. So thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please like and leave a comment. And uh, don't forget to subscribe on uh, whatever your favorite podcast app is so you don't miss an episode. Um, you can follow my substack at bitcoinfortress.substack.com. I usually write about the uh 
topic of the week in there and add some additional color so uh, you can get some more details from that. Um, and you can also follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's at Nick, N-I-C-K, Reichert, R-E-I-C-H-E-R-T. So I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.